today, Hebrews chapter number 9. We started last week a, a series called Nothing But the Blood. Uh, we'll finish it next week. It's just a little three-part series. Last week we talked about the pathway of faith, and today I want us to talk about uh, the price of forgiveness. The price of uh, forgiveness. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22. Just one verse out of a powerful, powerful chapter that talks about the Old Testament way of sacrifice, how it was not perfect, uh, but Jesus Christ came to fulfill that, and He's the perfect sacrifice. Verse 22 says of chapter 9, And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood there is no remission. Let's pray. Father, I believe Your Spirit is with us today. Lord, we realize that You are... There's not a place where You are not. But God, You are not just omnipresent here in this service, God, but I believe You're on the hearts of individuals today. Your presence is with us through our worship time, through our fellowship time, even during our time of Bible study. God, I believe Your Holy Spirit wants to speak to your hearts. Now, the reason why I know that is because Satan is doing everything possible to quench the Holy Spirit of God. But God, I pray that we would listen. And I pray Your Holy Spirit, Father, would sit on our hearts. The words of the Bible, Lord, would illuminate, would... We would understand what your Holy Spirit is saying to us today. And Lord, may the Word of God change us. Make us more like you every single day of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Last part of verse 22 says, Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. You can translate that, there's no forgiveness. There's no forgiveness of sin. There's no price that has been paid. There's no remission. When you talk about sin, immediately most people will put up a wall. It's not a conversation that you want to talk with a lot of people about. It's not something that you just want to walk up to somebody about and to, to uh, show someone their sin. It's not something you want to come to the house of God and, uh, and, and, and have a great time of worship and, and fellowship with one another and you can sense the Spirit of God and to, to come and to say, everybody in this room is a sinner. Because immediately when we do that, we put those, those walls up to where it's, it's, it's hard to get around. And not everybody is exempt from that. In fact, the Bible says in John 3 verse 19 that this is the judgment, that light has come into the world and people loved darkness rather than the light because their works are evil. All of you have gotten up in the middle of the night and as you have stumbled around your home, rather to go to the restroom or to get something to drink, and you choose not to turn a light on, because of fear of waking someone else up, like a toddler. And when they wake up in the middle of the night, you might as well just sit up and watch the Beverly Hillbillies, because that's really the only thing on at night in the middle of the night. 
But you refuse to turn the light on, although it's available. And for those today that don't know Jesus, you walk around in darkness and you choose to accept the light, which will help you through this life and more importantly will give you everlasting life for the life to come. And instead, we choose to walk around in darkness. And if you ever walk through a house at dark, in the darkness, you run into everything because you don't know that it's there. Men that walk around without Christ walk around a dark world and they don't know the exposure of sin because they refuse to light, refuse the light. Jeremiah 17 verse 9, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can understand it? I want us to walk through this passage this morning, verse 22, and I've got a lot of uh, supporting passages that, that, that help us to, uh, to expound on verse 22, and really the whole chapter of, of, of chapter 9, the price of forgiveness. How much does it cost for you to have your sins forgiven forever? You probably know the answer to that, and we think about that a lot, but, but really, how much does it cost to have our sins paid for forever. Three things about this text. Number one, the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is, there is no remission. And as he's talking about that, the writer is, is contrasting, really taking us from the, the, the old covenant. You see some of that in the first part of chapter 9, all the way to uh, the new covenant, where the, the old covenant had temporarily uh, uh, satisfied the, the, the punishment of sin. But Jesus eternally, where there's the shedding of but without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. The first one is this, is that everybody needs forgiveness. Everyone needs forgiveness. According to the Bible and God's holy word, He says everyone needs forgiveness. Now there are those who say they don't need forgiveness, but that's their prerogative. But according to God, who is the judge, who everyone will stand in front of, everyone needs forgiveness. This text tells us that men are sinners. Otherwise, they would not be saying without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. But because everybody is a sinner, therefore blood had to be shed for the forgiveness of sin. So everybody is a sinner. Everybody needs forgiveness of sin. Everybody needs the cleansing of the soul. The first thing is this, is that many deny it. Many will say, I don't need forgiveness. I'm doing okay, therefore I don't need any type of forgiveness. We, we look at the good works that we do and we deny that we ever need forgiveness. As long as one must find his security in the pretense of his own decency, he must find some way of averting guilt from himself. He tries to forget the memory of his own wrongdoing by the good that he does. He dwells on the good deeds that he does. He, he suppresses the memory of evil by doing good. That's one of the most devastating effects of sin is to think that we are good and our good outweighs the bad. Therefore, we will stand and we say, you know what, I really I don't think I need forgiveness. I think I'm doing okay. 
I'm not the most perfect person in the world, but I think I'm doing okay. I believe the Lord would be satisfied. I believe He would be pleased because I am doing a lot of good things in life. So we just, we just deny the need that we need forgiven. The first step that every person needs to understand when they walk into this world is that they need to be forgiven. They need everybody. Everybody needs forgiveness. So some may deny the need. Psalm 36 verse 1 says, An oracle within my heart concerning the sinfulness of the wicked. There is no fear of God before His eyes. That's one of the most devastating effects of sin. Not only do some deny the need, but some describe away the need. You go up to someone, or maybe you're here today, and you're hearing a message like this, and by the way, it gets better, just hang on. But we try to describe, well, I don't think that's... And, we, and we, 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 we find sin to be amusing and fun. I don't think what I'm doing is too bad. It's pretty good. We describe what he does. It's our own business. We blame other people. Anytime there's a problem, it's always somebody else's fault or it's a circumstance that you may be in. Now, some of you may be in some of the worst circumstances known to man, but it's no excuse for sin. Maybe we blame the temptation. You know, if I wouldn't have been in that situation, I would have never sinned. Let me remind you what David, David, the Bible says in the Old Testament, he says he's a man after God's own heart. David committed sin with Bathsheba, had an affair with, not only with, with her, but also had um, uh, Bathsheba's husband, Uriah, killed. He was walking and it seems like every step he took, there was sin going on. And he wrote Psalm chapter 51, asking for repentance and coming back to the Lord. And this is what he says in Psalm 51, 3 and 4. He says, for I acknowledge my transgressions and, I see, and sin is always before me. Against you and you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. David says of all the things that he sinned against, he says, Lord, you and you only have I sinned. You know why everybody needs forgiveness? It's because everybody is under the wrath of Almighty God. You know what? You may have committed a sin against someone else. You may have done someone else wrong. Somebody else may have wronged you. You can name it and you can go until you're blue in the face. Naming all of these different reasons and excuses. But when it comes down to it, all sin is ultimately against God. That's why everybody needs forgiveness. Everybody needs forgiveness. But then number two is this. Not only does everybody need forgiveness, but everybody, everyone desires forgiveness. Everyone desires forgiveness. When the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission, the writer is writing this saying that not only does everybody need forgiveness, but everybody wants forgiveness. There's not many people in this world that will say, you know what, I don't want forgiveness. I just want to die and go straight to hell. 
Now there are those who may be so into sin and so under the enemy's attack that they may say something like that. But I believe deep down inside, their heart is, is, has this void that sin has left and their desire is to fill that void with the forgiveness of God. So number one, they're searching. All across our world today, people are going to altars. They are making sacrifices. They are making pilgrimages. They're doing good works. Uh, Everything that you see points to people that need forgiveness from God. So they're searching. You may be here today and you may be searching. You may say, Brother John, I I have really messed up in my life and I I come to this church house because I want want forgiveness from God. I have messed up and I can't live right and there's that that conviction that's inside of me and and I just want forgiveness of God. So not only will one may be searching, but one may be substituting. One may say, well, I need to just come to church because I'll feel a whole lot better. So you substitute church for the forgiveness of God. You may give some money. You may give to charity. You may do goods. You're trying to do more good than bad. And you're substituting what you really need is the forgiveness of God to fill that void. Other things may feel temporarily. You may walk out of this service and feel really, really good. But I'll call you Tuesday. And I see how you really feel. You know why? You're right back out in the world. You're right back out in Satan's army. And what happened this morning wasn't enough. It was a substitute. You needed something much more than just a good feeling. You needed something more than just a good praise song. You needed something more than just a handshake or a pat on the back or an invitation to lunch or to a Sunday school class. What you need is something much, much more. And that's why it cost Jesus Christ His life. Because He knew you needed forgiveness. Everybody desires forgiveness. As soon as church started this morning, about five minutes into it, I don't know why. I've been trying to sneeze. Now it may be funny, but follow along with me on this because I believe this is from the Lord. And I don't know why he's done this. We were having fellowship time and I stepped out to sneeze and I couldn't. One of the songs, I had tears running down my eyes. You've, you've had those feelings where, where it's just up here and you can't get it out. And it comes out of your eyes and, and, and every, you don't want to be around anybody. Nothing else really matters until that gets taken care of. So I knew as I was sitting right there and I remember old Paul. I said, Lord, you're about to let me get up and stand in front of these people for 30 minutes and have to sneeze and I can't get it out. So I've got my Kleenex up here and my nose is running like a faucet. I don't want to be around anybody until this gets taken care of. You know, it's the same way the Holy Spirit does when He convicts somebody. When the Holy Spirit convicts someone of their sin, nothing else matters until that gets taken care of. They don't want to be around anybody. They can feel it, feel it, and if my leg was broken right now, I wouldn't, it wouldn't, wouldn't bother me because of what's going on in my head. And you may be here this morning, and what God has brought you here for today 
is much more than just coming to church and checking off church attendance. It's because the Lord Jesus Christ shed His precious blood for you and He wants to change your life. And what's going on inside of your heart is not something that He is judging you for all that you are. He is showing you how much He loves you and how much He wants to save you and how much He wants to forgive you of your sin. And nothing else is going to matter in your life until you answer that call. Until you say, yes, Lord. I will accept your forgiveness. You know why? Because you need forgiveness. And then number two, you desire forgiveness. That's a void that is there. But then number three is this. Not only does everyone need forgiveness, everybody desire forgiveness. But praise God, anyone can be forgiven. Anyone. I'm not one up here that's going to say, now you need to make sure you get on the right team. Because that's the only one giving out awards when the game's over. No, my Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. In other words, Jesus Christ died for the entire world. He died for all of mankind and He gave everybody an opportunity to trust in Him as His Lord and Savior. You today can be forgiven. It does not matter who you are, what color, what lifestyle, what, what, what socioeconomic path. It does not matter. If you are breathing today, you can be forgiven. The Bible says without the shedding of blood. Why blood? Why in the Old Testament did God ask the nation of Israel to give up the life of a created being that God created to pay a price for their sin? Because the Bible says in Deuteronomy, you can write this down, Deuteronomy 12.23, that the blood is the life. When somebody gives their blood, they are giving their life. You cannot live without blood. You say, well, brother John, what about the heart? The heart functions because of blood. In fact, most of your body is, is blood. That It is the life of who you are. Life is the most precious possession that we have. All that we have, all that we have, we will give when it concerns our life. You'll give everything you have if it means you can save your life. So if everyone can be forgiven, and the text says that without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. Therefore, when Jesus Christ shed His blood and He paid the price for all mankind, there's three things that happen. And each one of you are falling in each of these three groups today. Number one is this, is judgment. So brothers and I thought we wasn't under judgment. God, follow along with me just for a second. If all people have sinned, and Jesus Christ shed His blood to forgive people from all their sin. That means that every person in this world is held accountable for their sin. Therefore, all of us are under the judgment of God. You can't say, well, Lord, the only way to heaven is perfection. And, but, you, Lord, I'm a sinner. See, now you're accountable. Because Jesus Christ has permanently, the Bible says in the book of Psalms, as far as the east is from the west, has, has removed, has cast out all sin. Every person is now accountable for their sin. So they're under the judgment of God. In fact, the Bible says, back up in verse 14, 
How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? That Jesus Christ, His sacrifice on the cross was without spot. It was without blemish. It was the perfect sacrifice for all sin. That's why when Jesus Christ, when He died on the cross, that curtain was written to, and sacrifices no longer needed. Did it still happen? Yeah, it still happened until the temple was destroyed. But Jesus Jesus Christ is the ultimate sacrifice for all, and all people stand under the judgment of God. We must cry out for the mercy of God upon our sins and upon ourselves. That's the first step when it comes to forgiveness is to know I need to be forgiven. Until that, we are persuaded to complete honest. Until we are willing to be stripped bare. Until we are ready for the light to be searched out. Every dark area of our life, we will stand in judgment before God. One writer has said this, Man does indeed need a radical change of heart. He needs to begin to hate his sin instead of loving it and to love God instead of hating Him. He needs in a word to be reconciled to God and the place above all others where this change takes place is at the foot of the cross of Calvary where He apprehends something of the hatred of God for sin and His indescribable love for the sinner. So the first step is the judgment of God. It's to stand before God and say, God, I am a sinner. I know, Lord, that everybody can be forgiven. I understand everybody needs forgiveness. Lord, I desire forgiveness. And God, I come to you today, Lord, and asking you that you forgive me. So the first step is judgment. But then the second step is forgiveness. It's forgiveness. That when you come before the cross and when you come before Jesus, because He has shed His precious blood and He has forgiven all of mankind for their sins, we come before Him under His, His wrath and His judgment that is to be poured out on all of mankind. We come to Him as a sinner and He looks upon us and sees His precious blood. And those that cry out for a Redeemer, those that cry out to Jesus, He says, I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you because I sent my son. He gave his blood, which is the life. He gave his life for every person, for everyone who's ever sinned. So those who come before Christ can be forgiven. It's the heart of the gospel of Jesus. 1 John 4, 9-10 through says, In this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for all of our sins. We're going to learn what the word propitiation means next Sunday. But He took our place on the cross and we can come before Him and, and we can be forgiven. So every person that walks the faith that's face of this earth has no excuse to be under the judgment of God because Jesus Christ died for all. He took God's wrath and He exchanged it for, our, for His forgiveness that He wants to give you and He wants to give me. So do you want to be forgiven? Maybe you're here this morning, you've never trusted in Jesus as your Savior. This morning, don't be under the judgment of God because if, if you don't allow God to change your heart, you will walk straight into the judgment of God. Because He wants to forgive you. And He wants to offer you everlasting life. Isaiah 55 verse 7, Let the wicked forsake His way. 
and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon, abundantly set free. Don't walk through this world in the dark. Don't walk through this world stepping on every single temptation that is out there. Don't walk through this world saying, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know how I'm going. Turn on the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. Allow Him to come into your life and to save you and to forgive you from all of your sins. He can do that today if you'll just let Him. And like a sneeze that you can't do in the same way, when the Holy Spirit of God convicts you, Nothing else matters until you turn to Him and say, Lord, thank You for loving me. Thank You for dying on the cross. And God, today, I ask for Your forgiveness. And I repent of my sins. And I ask You to come in my heart and to save me. Do you need to be forgiven today? Have you ever come before Christ and say, God, I'm sorry for my sins? Because until you've done that, there's no no salvation. But when you come before Him and say, God, I need forgiveness. I'm a sinner. And instead of God pouring out His wrath, He pours out His grace. And He can forgive you. And He can turn the light on in your soul. Let's pray. With every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. I want to offer an invitation. And it's an invitation. The reason why I still believe in invitation, and I believe this church does as well, is because when the Holy Spirit is speaking to someone's heart, we want to give you a chance to respond to that. We want to give you an opportunity to turn from death to life. And if you're here this morning and you know the Holy Spirit of God is speaking to your heart, And you'll know it. It's not something I can explain. It's not something I can say, okay, this is what's going to happen. Friend, you know it. But if God is speaking to your heart this morning and you're not a believer, maybe you made a decision in the past. You know, only you and God know that. But what I'm asking this morning is, have you ever come before God and said, God, I am a sinner and I need your forgiveness today? If you've never done that, would you just cry out to God right now and just say, God, I'm a sinner and I need you today. I stand before you claiming the blood of Christ over my sins. And I invite you to come into my heart and to save me. You can do that right where you're at. It's not some magic formula. It's between you and the Lord. And in just a moment, we have an invitation. I believe this morning, if you ask Jesus to come in your heart, if you have other questions about that, what I want you to do, I want you to step up from where you're at after I pray. 
And I just want you to come down. Come down and I want you to come to where I'm at and say, Brother John, I just need you to pray for me. There's some things maybe that you're dealing with, but I just want you to pray for me. And I'll do it. More importantly than that, is I want you to just take a public step to say, Lord Jesus, I need to give this to you. I need to give this to you today. And I need to turn the light on in my life and understand the price of forgiveness costs you your life. You may be a believer and you may be struggling in sin. Put it at the cross. Give it to Jesus. He will forgive you. He'll throw it away. You may have other decisions you need to make this morning. I encourage you to follow the Lord's leadership in that. Lord, we thank You for today. Lord, I pray for those who are dealing with the Holy Spirit, God, even right now. God, that they would come. And they would come by Your grace and by Your mercy and they would publicly take a step of faith and come down today. We love You this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing.